0: Good morning, New City Church. How are we doing, guys? Wow. Uh, the name of the band is Joey and the Hornets. Today, is that right? Is that what we do, is that what we agreed on, or did I just come up with that? Yeah, well, thank you, Joey. Welcome, welcome to the to the edge, my brother. Awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. And uh, thank you, guys, very much for uh, coming in this morning. Have you not enjoyed yourself so far? Oh my gosh! Wow, wow. Thank you, guys, so much. And uh, you know it's just such a privilege to come in and be able to, I mean, you know, my heart's been been just rattled all over the place. I think part of it's because I've been battling whatever the heck I was battling on New Year's Day. You know, it was like what, couldn't breathe, I was sneezing like crazy all the time. But, but man, this is one of those one of those mornings, one of those messages that sometimes you know you just those sentinel times of your of your life, and when you start talking about things in ministry over time, that that you start looking at back and you go, man, this is one of those times. And I'm, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about here in just a little bit. But if you don't know me, I've I, I met some people, some, a lot of new people this morning, which is awesome, man. Welcome to New City Church. Uh, I want to reemphasize that uh, you have a Connect card. We do want to connect with you. We do want to be able to have some of us go, go to coffee with you, uh, stalk you. No, um, <laughs> just kidding. But but you know we do want to be able to connect and and, and really help uh, help us to understand what it means to be followers of the Lord. If you guys recall, um, I you know I, I actually you may not recall I've had several people uh, since the um, Christmas Eve service. How many were here for the Christmas Eve service? Was that not the bomb dot com man? I'm telling you, this place was absolutely packed, and it was wonderful to see that. But the, you know we had uh, several people ask me say, hey, so what are you what are you talking about on the third? What are you talking about on the third? And the whole time I've been uh, saying it's going to be Philippians two and First Peter five. I want to start. We, you know, both campuses are kind of doing their own thing this week. We're going to kind of pick up the story again next week. And uh, you know, really, what we've been doing is um, uh, this week is is just for each campus specific. We have a Shawnee campus, if you don't know, and this campus here in Edgerton. Uh, so we're a multi- multiple campus, one church, two campuses type of a uh, situation here. And uh, so what we've got is and uh, and what I what I what I said was I was going to do 1 Peter 5 and uh and Philippians 2 we're going to talk about what it means in 2016 2016 I think we agreed that's how you say it now is that right 2016 or 2016 tell me <laughs> I don't know it comes out both ways sometimes so it's just kind of one of those deals so um but it's uh it it, it it's one of those deals where I want to kind of talk about what it means to be a church man what does it mean to be in leadership what does it mean for pastors what does it mean for the flock if you will to 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 do church the way way God says to do church and I plan to do that and still I'm going to do that still going to be in uh in uh first Peter 5 still going to be in Philippians 2 but I've added something based on something that happened this week that we'll talk about here in just a second so um let me go over if you guys know we went through we did a few surveys over the last few weeks about who we are as a church and i will tell you overall uh statistically we are much more i don't know spiritual much more engaged much more of a of a church that that is that claims the truth to be the 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 the, the bible to be the inerrant truth of god that kind of thing much more so than most people that call themselves christian so i'm proud of that but there is still some work that needs to be done so let me go over the surveys real quick it's kind of some of the things and we're going to talk about some of the surveys later on more in depth about what we what we can do and what the surveys say but but let me look let you kind of see what they say today you know kind of the highlights if you will uh, according to the surveys and we had quite a few people that that you know we have a hundred and i don't know what is it, it depends on who which day we're counting but We've got 160 to 170 person church right now, probably more closer to three to 400 people actually have attended here. So of those of, of the surveys that were turned in, 92 uh, percent confessed Jesus as Lord, meaning Jesus is Lord of my life. He is the boss. Seven uh, percent said not yet, but getting close. And the other one percent said, uh-uh. Um, and we do allow unbelievers to come in. We are not one of those people oh you can't stay here, you know, type of thing. You, if you're an unbeliever, we want people to come and hear the the word of God. We want people to hear what the truth is. Amen. Eighty nine percent said they have been baptized. Eight percent said they've been thinking about it. Uh, when it, when the question was asked, "How does someone get to know God?" Sixty four percent, which is two thirds of us, said by reading the Bible. Keep that in mind. Twenty eight percent said life experience. Um, Eighty-eight percent said the Bible is authoritative, given directly by God. Ninety-six percent said the Bible is the absolute truth, which I was like, "Whoo, yeah, that's good, good job, New City." Sixty-nine um, percent, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure will love that. Yeah, um, said spiritual maturity happens most when I hear and obey god now ultimately what we need to understand is how we hear and obey god we obviously hear him through his holy spirit but but to be able to read the scriptures in order to know what god said so that we can obey you know i've preached that over and over please do not do bible studies just for the sake of bible studies we do bible studies so that we can learn what the scripture says so that we can obey amen so i want to make sure we understand that so the spiritual maturity maturity happens most when i hear and obey god 69% said that here's the rub and here's where i go wow of those who turned in the surveys 29% almost a third of us zero times per week read and study the bible that's wild 28% said one to two times per week and what that really means is probably you hear hear the scriptures for the just on sunday that's when I open up my, that's when I crack it open. Most of the time when somebody says it one to two times, that's when uh, the opportunity arises, okay, it's Sunday. So what that means is that the majority of us, uh, 57%, almost 60% read the word on Sunday only or less. That's wild. And if we are supposed to be learning what it means to obey and, and to hear, and spiritual maturity is occurs when, when we know what God says and we obey God, and that 90%, What is it, 92% of us confess Jesus as Lord. We got to get into our scriptures a little more, amen. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. But what I love is that 25% of us read three to five times a week, 11%, six to seven times, 7% more than seven times. In other words, 43% of us in this church read the Bible regularly, which is much higher than the statistical average across the nation when it comes to evangelical Christians. So give yourselves a hand on that one too. So people are like, no yeah <laughs> you're like no nah, man you just said but seriously guys so this is a this is a kind of a kind of a neat neat thing 67 percent of us consistently serve 76 percent have invited someone in the last six months thank you guys that's why we get so many visitors um 46 percent tithe uh or a give above tithe 78 percent said worship is a lifestyle not just a you know not just to come in and sing music and worship and then it's, it, it's something that goes on all the time the two largest areas of need which was interesting this was an interesting one because i i hear people say we need to do this and this and this and we should do this and this and this but that, well, according to those who turn in the surveys finances and marriage were the two biggest issues that we need to deal with that the lowest thing we're overcoming addiction and dating Now, I know that there are people that say, you know, that's actually something and we we do have, you know, uh, resources and things like that that we can point folks to. But it helps us to know where we need to concentrate our, our efforts in 2020 2016. Eighty seven percent said Jesus is the only way to heaven. Sixty two percent said all sin is deserving of hell. Twenty seven percent said that most people are good and not deserving of hell. We'll definitely talk about that and address that, you know, in the in the near future. 91, almost 90, but 90. 90.5% said God say, hates all sin. 86% said heaven and hell are real places. 88% said the Holy Spirit is still working, living in believers. Here's where I want you to, this is an interesting one that I want to kind of pigtail into where we are going with the message today. And I love this, and I want to really commend at New City Church for doing this. 87% said someone at New City has gone beyond the typical greeting and taking the time to learn more about them, meaning we didn't just go, hey, welcome to New City, sit down. Welcome to New City, here's a bulletin, go away. You know, we, did, we actually literally said, like, like, we went beyond the initial greeting and said, hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your email? Hey, what's your phone number? I'm not saying we're going to stalk you. I was just kidding about that before. But, but hey, you know, actually started to develop relationships. You know, we're all a new church. I've had people say, you know, I kind of feel a little bit left out sometimes. And I, you know, my encouragement in that, and you'll learn some of that today, is that help others not to feel that way. You won't. Amen? If you do that, if you actually look at, the, look at someone else and say, hey, help them not to feel excluded or not, not part of what we're doing, man, you will, you will in turn not feel that way yourself. 80% said that they hem- themselves have gone beyond the typical hello. Guys, that is awesome, fantastic to, to, to be looking at that kind of thing and say, that's, that's, that's wonderful to, to know that. That we don't just say, welcome to New City Church. We actually engage the folks that are here. And we will continue to do that and continue to improve the processes. We've got some things that are coming up this year that I think you're going to really, really, really love. So let's look at the scriptures that were laid on me to to talk about what it means to be the church. What, what does it mean to be pastors? What does it mean to be the flock? What does it mean to be attenders? All that kind of stuff. Members of a church, if you will. We don't have regular membership here. We don't make you sign a covenant or anything like that. If you're living what we call the light, you're learning up and inviting people and giving and hearing from the Lord and teaching others to do the same and telling your story. Guys, we tell people all the time, you see the signs out in the back that, live the light? If you're doing that, you are a member of this church. First Peter five one through seven says this, and this is Peter who walked with Jesus directly. And if you don't know Peter, Peter was kind of one of those guys that that was sort of the like the immature. I'm going to go and just take the world by the tail, and you know, is that the the oh, i forget the guy's Chris Farley character. What is that? Yeah, you know, wrap it around. Never mind. I should have practiced that first. But anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You should see what comes in my mind when I'm preaching, man. You're like I can't say that. Yeah. Um, but he, but he's, here's what Peter says. Peter walked with you. He was he was in the inner three with Jesus. And here's what he had to say to the to the church. He said to the elders among you, and elders and pastors and bishops and what's all called, ultimately called presbyteros is is kind of used interchangeably a lot of times. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings. Who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be what? Shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Watching over them. Guys, there's this protection that shepherds, that, that, that pastors have over the people in the church. There is a responsibility. And I've told people this before. If you have any, any love for me at all, any care for me at all, any desire for me at all, that God is going to make me accountable for for you, so I am begging people, please, go, like like intensely, start walking with the Lord, man. I I, I and I'm not trying to say like God's going to smite me for your sin. It's just like He's like, what did you do with your your folks? Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you what say it must right. You guys okay? We got. We good? Everybody wait? All right, cool, cool. Not because you must, everybody say, but, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. See, a pastor and someone who's who is called to ministry must be called. This can't be a, a tip like a vocational choice. It can't be, well, should I be an electrician or a plumber or a doctor or a lawyer or a pastor? or a musician i i don't really know i'm just trying to figure this out you know this is something that god has to call you to do i met with somebody just this past week and he said you know i'm really kind of trying to figure out whether or not i need to be in uh, a pastor i'm kind of feeling called and i said well why don't you why don't you do this why don't you go to the church that you're in why don't you shine shoes and clean toilets for a couple months if you still feel called if you still feel that burning desire, then take that next step of residency, if you will. And go, all right, cool. You know, that kind of makes sense. So don't, you know, this is one of those things that you've got to make sure that you're called to do as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to what? Serve as Christ served. Christ said he didn't come to be served, but to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you. I'm the pastor and you're not, Right. He's not saying don't do that, but be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, wow, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, sometimes it makes a little transition here, talking to the flock of the church, talking to the members of the church. You who are younger, and actually he's talking to those who are newer in the faith, he's not necessarily the... Uh, chronologically aged he said and this is an an issue in lots of churches a lot of folks that are not necessarily older that may be less immature than someone who is younger find it hard to to submit to somebody who's younger but this is what he calls us to do he says you who are younger submit yourselves to your elders regardless of the chronological age all of you both of us pastors elders and those who are younger clothe yourselves in humility toward one another because according to Proverbs three thirty four, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast most of your anxiety... On, what, what did I say? Oh, okay, you're right. My bad. Um, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And guys, I want to... Um, this is where this kind of gets hard for me this week. Because I owe you a a, a a big, big apology. And I am, I need your forgiveness for this. Because what I did not do, I did not shepherd correctly. And, and the crazy thing is that I already had this as part of the message. But to give you a little bit of background, Pete and I, um, several months back, brought a gentleman through what's called the Matthew 18 process. If you don't know what that is, it's, it's not a, some people will say it's church discipline, but really it's a, it's an attempt to restore somebody. When somebody is in sin, we, we go to that person individually. If they still don't uh, repent of the sin, we take one or two folks with us and we, you know, we go to that person and say, not to, not to gang up on the person, but to have, uh, you know, objective people to say, Hey, this may be, may or may not be a sin. We did all that. Pete and I did that with this person. We actually brought him before the entire disciple group he didn't come, therefore did not repent. And so we wound up just saying, listen, we have to treat this person as an unbeliever, not declare him an unbeliever, nor judge his soul, but, declare, but, 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 but to treat that person as an unbeliever. And we did that. And so there was, what we did was we, the Matthew 18 process, we we actually went to him for this for two things. One was the disbelief and actual, not just disbelief, but the, the divisiveness that he was having among our group and among others in the church. You know, because of the, his disbelief in the scriptures and things like that. And so we went to him for those things. And when we started treating him in as, as an unbeliever, I was hearing things about, more divisiveness happened here, more divisiveness happened here, more divisiveness happening happening here. And and I didn't do anything about it because I said, well, I got to treat him as an unbeliever. I mean, that's what the scriptures say. I can't expect a quote-unquote an unbeliever to act like a quote-unquote believer. And then some more things happened and we just sort of, you know, several, I went to the elders this week and I'm like, what do we do? Pete and I talked this week. And we went through the scriptures and said, how do we handle this person? In Titus 3, I got to tell you, drop me to my knees man it just it crushed me because I realized that I was in sin as a pastor and this is where I need your forgiveness and I'm begging begging for that Titus 3 1 through 11 let me read it to you because this is what it means to be the church guys and it doesn't man it's it it, it's wonderful to have you know great seats wonderful to have 20 some odd baptisms a year or something like that and it's great to have all those things but if we don't do the little things correctly according to the scriptures man, man, it'll fall apart pretty quickly. Titus 3, 1 through 11 says this, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle to everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of righteousness, righteous things we had done, but because of his what? Mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, royalty, it <laughs> inheritors of a kingdom having the hope of eternal life this is a trustworthy saying and i want you to i want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in god may be careful to devote themselves to what is doing good these things are excellent and profitable for everyone but everybody say but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law Because these are unprofitable and useless. And this verse right here is where I fell into sin. Didn't even realize it. Warn a divisive person once. And then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful and they are self-condemned. And I, in an effort to treat a person as an unbeliever, I, I allowed divisiveness to continue in the church and i did nothing and i'm sorry and so for 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 you i i do ask that forgiveness but but i do want you to know that pete and i did the hardest thing i think I, i mean I, it was so difficult this past week but pete and i sat down with with this gentleman and asked him not to come to the church anymore and to be honest with you i'd never seen pete even shed tears man and and Pete, and I'm not calling you out, but you didn't cry like a girl or nothing. You were manly and you cry. But man, dude, it was, it was gut-freaking-wrenching. And that's the thing we're going to do on behalf of this church, man. The number, I've heard Pastor Dan Sutherland over at Westside say, the number one job of a pastor is to maintain and, and, and protect the unity of the church. And I failed in that, and I'm sorry. Because God is glorified by a unified body of believers. Jesus himself, when he was tested by a teacher of the law in Matthew 22, 30, starting in verse 36, said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And I love this because Jesus just blows these guys out of the water. I loved his mind, right? I love his, his intellect. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. In, in other words, what he says is this is, goes hand in hand with the second one. Love your neighbor as yourself most of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands oh oh, my bad all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments so if you say well if i want to know what it means to really love god and obey god if i love him with everything i have and i love my neighbor as myself i'm pretty much in obedience to him amen so if we love him we're going to want to know him if we love him we're going to know want to know as much as we can about him including getting into the scriptures to find out what it means to obey John 13, 35, Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, that you go to church every Sunday. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples, that you wear the right clothes, say the right things, go to the right places, do the right stuff. Know that if you have love for one another. See, at work, even at the workplace, man, I've had situations where I've had Christian brothers of mine talking to Christians. Uh, non-christians that we're trying to evangelize about stuff and i mean they're gossiping and i've had to say look dude i ain't mad at you but listen that dude's never going to know jesus if we, if we don't do this this way if we don't love one another if we don't have i mean if you're talking about your pastor to your co-workers at your church i can't believe my pastor did that i can't believe that so-and-so did that in the church and you're actually like trying to evangelize they're never going to come they're like i deal with that crap at home i deal with that crap at work man what 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 would i why would i want to come to a place that is divided like that. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says. I appeal. And this is Paul talking to the Corinthian church. I appeal to you brothers and sisters. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That all of you agree with one another. In what you say. And that there be no divisions among you. But. That you be perfectly united. In mind. And thought. John 17.11 finally says. And he's praying for the. His disciples, as Jesus is about to leave the earth, he says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name and the name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. You see, guys, here's the challenge with all this is that, yeah, I I, I messed up in this and and I appreciate your grace in this. But I also need us as a church body to be thinking in ways. And I'm not trying to ask you to go, who, who who's that person being divided? Who, who's who that person being divisive? But I'm asking people to, on your own, when you see it, because you will see it, to deal with it right then and right there say, hey, this isn't really a part of who we are. But, but if somebody says, man, I don't like Pete's music, hey, let's go talk to Pete about that. You know what? <laughs> you know, right? Like you. you didn't say that. But... That'll squash that real quick, right? That whole divisiveness thing. People popping off on Facebook, holla at them. Hey, look, man, do you understand what that's doing? I hate Casey's preaching. I know a lot of people do. But it, no. But if you hear things like that, if you hear things, man, man, deal with it. Man, say, hey, that's not who we are. That's not what we're about. You understand how devastating that is to the kingdom of what we're trying to do here. Amen? And I allowed that, and I'm sorry. I want to finish with Philippians 2. Since I said I was going to do Philippians 2, don't it, I'm going to do it, right? Philippians 2, 1 through 11. And this is Paul after challenging the church to be unified and unafraid of the enemy. He said, that, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. This is a major theme throughout the New Testament, being united, being one. Do nothing, nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And for God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That every that the name at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. And all God's people said. See, I want us to be challenging ourselves to be thinking less. And I'm not saying to to deny ourselves completely. But ultimately, what Jesus said to do is to take up your cross and follow me. One of the most egregious, horrific things you could tell somebody in the first century Roman Empire. He said to do it. Take up the cross and follow me. Consider others as better than yourselves. You are better than me. That's my mindset. That's what it has to be. And I have to consider that in everything that we do. And I want you to consider that among yourselves. They are better than me they are better than me and if we actually do that we will rock this world for the lord if we do that and truly do that and get out of ourselves amen and consider others as better 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 you're better you're better you're better than me father we love you And I thank you for the forgiveness that you have already given me that I have asked for regarding this sin. And I thank you for the grace that's being given already this morning in the first service. And the grace that is being extended in this service as well to me for allowing these things to happen. I thank you for the courage of Pete, that he was willing to do the hard thing and step into that. I thank you for the courage that you're going to give us, that when we need to do that, we will do that. We pray for this man that we have had to ask to, to leave. We pray ultimately for restoration with you and healing and reconciliation with those involved. God, God, we thank you, for, we thank you in advance for that. Man, you, we know you can do that. And God, as we just worship in this final song of the day, as we prepare to, to give our tithes and our offerings, may our hearts just be broken and humiliated in a, in a, in a way that just lets you shine in our lives. And Father, we love you and we thank you so much for all you have done and will continue to do. It's in your Son's name, all God's people said. Amen.